Hello and welcome to the Conscious Leadership Podcast. My name is Julie Hogvin and I am the creator and founder. This podcast covers every aspect of conscious leadership and the Conscious Leadership Code. And if there is a particular example or angle or subject you would like an episode on, please reach out and let me know and I will create it specifically for you. This episode is entitled Emotional Contagion, Resilience and Mental Strength. And it's come about through something I've witnessed in the last week around two posts that I have read on Facebook, both from people I know, both from people whose services I have accessed at one point or another in my life. One of them I know is financially wealthy, and I'm not sure about the other one to be honest. And both of them are masters in their own field. And both of them provide services to people like you and I to buy. Now, one of them put a post up that basically said they had three people buy their year-long program, which is intensive. I have looked at doing it myself in the past and then what I do to earn my living changed. So I chose not to take the program, but I accessed the service. Three people bought the service, one person, and I would imagine just as an example, maybe it's $10,000 for a year. I I don't know the cost, but let's just put um, a figure on it of $10,000. I know when I applied, it was more than that anyway. One person didn't turn up at all and is non-contactable. Three people this post was about, and they'd all paid in full. One person turned up for the first session and then didn't come back. Non-contactable, not returning messages, you know, emails, anything. And the third person has continued the program. Now, the guy that was running that program put an offer out to people that if they wanted, because he had the funds, if they wanted to join the program free, then apply, which apparently 12 did. Now, of those 12 who were going to get the program for free, none of them have actually then followed through, which is really interesting when you think about it. So people have paid for it and not attended, and people who are getting it for free are not attending. Now, the second post was around somebody who has created an international business, very successful in the business and financially. And basically, their story was how they started and had no money, driving around in a beaten beaten up old battered car that used to the steering wheel used to shake when it got to 50 if they were lucky enough to get it to 50 and they started their business and they were living in sort of a one room um bed sit type approach back in the day and I think he said it was 30 pound a a week or a month can't remember which probably a week and um because he couldn't afford it he was actually evicted from three of them and it really got me thinking about how we, or how some, I'm not even going to say we, how some people seem to want the 
glory of the success, whatever the success is for them, without actually doing the work. And yet people can spend $10,000 as an example, pay for a program and then not do anything with it. And it's almost like people now want the, the, the results without doing the actual work. And I remembered something when I was thinking about this. The only, the only place that success comes before work is in the dictionary. That's an old one that somebody said to me decades ago. And it really got me thinking about emotional contagion, emotional resilience and mental strength because who is going to pay you money, whether it's a client or even an employer? if you're not going to provide them with a service, if you're not going to work. Nobody in reality. So how do, you, how do some people appear to think they don't have to do the work, pay attention, become the master, become the expert, become whatever it is, create the product, whatever the product is, or you know, turn up to work from nine to five or whatever it is, the hours that you work, and still expect to get paid. It just doesn't, doesn't equate in my head. And it really got me thinking about society. It got me thinking about culture. It got me thinking about norms. Then it got me thinking about how does that affect us emotionally? What's going on? And for some of you that listen to these episodes regularly, you know my head takes me down into very deep rabbit holes. And part of all of this is around we. And then and then today I've had a conversation with somebody who was asking my opinion on something. And I said, well, I think a lot of what is being said about a certain thing, certain business, actually feels to me like currently with the current economic climate could be a bit of bull (laughs) because I cannot see how what people are saying they are doing can actually work when you do the numbers. And part of that is related to property, which is something that I do as well. And that got me thinking about, you know, we see things online, we see posts, and they affect us. They emotionally affect us. They emotionally contage us. And and I've done an episode previously about please do not compare yourself to others unless it's a positive thing that spurs you on. Do not compare yourself to others and let it negatively affect you. So please go back and listen to that. But this linked me into emotional contagion. So what is emotional contagion? Now, this is online as well as offline. So, you know, you can walk into a room and you can be affected by how people feel. So the emotion of the room, the culture of the room will hold its own emotional charge and you walk in and you feel it. If you're attuned to who you are and you're attuned to life, you'll feel it. Now, that can affect you as an individual, but of course, it can also affect a group. And this is online and off. Works both ways. And you can walk into a room and you could be affected by one person's emotion. So you're having a conversation with somebody and they affect you. You can feel your mood changing. Now, sometimes we know that's happening, sometimes we don't. And emotional contagion happens both consciously, so we know it's happening, and unconsciously. So we don't know it's happening. It just, we, we suddenly realise that we're not feeling like we did earlier, either, you know, 
generally when you know generally when you're feeling better it's sort of okay but sometimes you can feel worse you feel more negative about something and then you're like how did that happen so basically what we are we are a sender and a receiver we send emotion and we receive emotion and we are both now depending on what we know and and how we know and how we behave we can not receive the emotions that we do not want to receive. We we have um, an alert button in our head, if you like, and you go, and it's it sort of goes off, and it's going whoop whoop whoop, warning signs. And then you can do something different. You can manage your inner state. Now, we can be high senders, and we can be low senders, and we can be high receivers, and we can be low receivers, and we are different things at different times. And we can choose what to be, of course, when we understand how it all works. An emotional contagion, there is sort of a definition that basically says emotional contagion is the tendency for two or more, remember group, individuals to emotionally converge. And I thought, wow. And this links back into when you're when people say to you about, you know, your net worth. Your network is your net worth, and your net worth will be the sum of the five people or the average of the five people you spend most time with. This is part of why that's true, because the emotional contagion of successful people, whatever that means for you, whatever it is you're attempting to do, rubs off on you. The more time you spend with people that you want to be like or want to have what they've got, emotional contagion is what rubs off on you. So make sure your network, your peer group, is actually chosen by you for what it is you want to do. And that comes back to the fact that we have an absolute choice in who we intermingle with. Now, maybe families are slightly different, but we have a choice, and even that is a choice. We have a choice about who we intermingle with and who we converge with. So think about this for you. And if you've ever heard the phrase, and I hear it a lot, people say things like, you made me feel blah. It's a lie. Nobody makes you feel anything. And I've said this before on other episodes. Nobody makes you feel anything. We choose. Now, if somebody is saying you made me feel, basically they have allowed themselves to be emotionally contagious. They've been emotionally infected by whatever is coming towards them. But please remember, you choose your own feelings. And if you allow those feelings to become uncontrolled by yourself, then you are giving your power away to others. It's a lack of personal responsibility. That's harsh, but it's true. So again, another definition, emotional contagion, is a process in which a personal group influences the emotions or behavior of another person or group through the conscious or unconscious induction of emotional states and behavioral attitudes. So think about what that means for yourself. So emotional contagion basically embodies the idea that we as humans will synchronize our personal emotions. And this works on bodily functions as well, especially for women. We synchronize with the other people around us. And the longer we spend with the other people around us, the more synchronized we will become. So we are we contage others, depending on whether we are a high sender or not, we contage others with our emotions. So if you're being contaged positively, fabulous. If you're being contaged negatively, please do something about it. 
So basically, emotional contagion is a two-step po- a two-step process. When we are not in control, we imitate people. And we do. We copy what others do around us because we want to belong. We want to fit in. And it changes our mood, unless, of course, we're in control of it. So step one is we imitate people, be in control of who you imitate. And it's the changing mood. So again, be in control of the mood and your changes. So let's just have a look at this. And this is something I wrote. And this was something I wrote actually in 2015. That's interesting. Eight years ago. Wow. Energy is contagious, both positively and negatively. Without challenge, the negative generally wins. And it's the old story of one rotten apple spoils the whole barrel. And it will turn that barrel into a festering mess unless it is removed. Again, think about your environment. So high positive and high positive senders When you spend five minutes or less in their company, your mood will alter for the better. You will feel lighter. You'll smile more. You will feel energized. Your belief systems take on positivity and you begin to think anything is possible. The problems become less troublesome and life feels good. So just extrapolate that out for yourself. And then if you are in the company of high negative senders, so you spend five minutes or less in their company, your mood alters for the worse. You feel heavy. You're more miserable. You smile less, if at all. Your energy dies. It dips. It goes down. Everything looks gloomy. Life has no purpose. And it is all hard and tough and dark and miserable. So when you think about this, the higher energy level, the emotion, so the higher the energy level that the emotion is displayed with basically draws attention to it. And that works for both positive and negative. So if you've got a really high positive, it will display, it will draw more attention. It becomes more attractive. If you've got a high negative sender, it will draw more attention to it. And when it is expressed, either of them, when expressed with high energy, will have more impact. It will influence more. If you've got low energy and you're expressing either of these emotions, people aren't going to notice as much. So just think about this. Ask yourself these questions. Which one are you? Are you a positive sender or are you a negative sender? Are you high energy or low energy? Who are you surrounding yourself with? And who could you or should you cut from your circle? Who do you need to spend more or less time with? And what are you going to do with this new knowledge? And it may not be new. It might just be a prompter. You already know this, but you'd sort of forgotten it. So let's have a look at emotional resilience and mental strength. Emotional resilience is all about your ability to adapt to the situation that you find yourself in. And we've done a lot of adapting over the last couple of years. Mentally strong people do not sit around feeling sorry about their circumstances and how they have been treated by others. It's just not something they do. An emotionally resilient individual will take responsibility for their role in life. They take personal responsibility 
And they will also understand that life isn't always easy and it isn't always fair. But they'll know it's not the world isn't out to get them. They will believe the world is a good place and that things can and will be better. Emotionally resilient resilient people don't allow others to control you. And you do not give someone else power over you. You're in control of your own life and you judge yourself by your own values and internal criteria. You're not being judged by other people. You're in alignment with who you are and you know who you are. You know what you stand for. You you know your values. You know your belief systems. You designed your principles and all of that. And you've done all of that with integrity. And all of that provides you with strength and purpose. You will always be able to see the positives in situations because you understand that everything is on a spectrum. And with good, you will get some not so good. And with some not so good, you'll get some good. It might not be one for one, but you'll understand that and you'll be able to pull the positives out. You'll be able to learn from the not so positives and you will be able to celebrate the positives. You believe in your own strength. And you believe in your ability to overcome challenge and difficulty. And you will count your blessings and gratitudes rather than your problems. You tend to be a strong individual and you know the value of social support. And you surround yourselves with supportive people and supportive friends and supportive networks, supportive members of your family. And there's a a sort of an old saying that, The more resilient you are, you will be able to roll with the punches and you can spring back into shape after being pressured in some way. And just remember that whole that whole process, if you like. Diamonds are formed under intense pressure. And you'll hear me say this a lot, that we are our own gold. So maybe my phrase should be we are our own diamonds. You know, that we can emotionally resilient individuals deal with pressure i'm going to say better than those that aren't emotionally resilient emotional emotionally resilient people will adapt to stressful pressured situations more than people that aren't emotionally resilient and that cuts across life and business whether you're in business for yourself or whether you are an employee you know, and there's neither wrong nor right in any of this. I make no judgments on your post, on your position, what you do with your life. I just, it's, you know, we need, the world needs all of us. It's been found, there's been lots of research done on this. It's been found that those of you who deal more easily with minor stressors are actually able to cope with life's major crises more easily. And both of you know mental strength, emotional resilience, and emotional contagion, it, they're all skill sets. Everybody can learn them, everybody can develop them, and they can all be nurtured and put into practice. Now, some of that might come with change, some of that might come with learning. It's one of the reasons I'm writing one of the new books I'm writing is going to be called Success Thinking. Who taught you how to think? Who taught you this stuff in reality? Very, very, probably not many of you have been taught this stuff, especially in your early formative years. Um, and it and it indicates that emotional resilience is to a degree something you're born with. Because when you think about being born, we're we're 
we're influenced from the moment we're conceived. So dependent on your early influences in your life, that can provide you with an ability to be emotionally resilient and mentally strong. Of course it can. So some people by nature are like this. They're less upset by changes and surprises. A lot of this is how to do with how your brain is wired as well. Please hear this. Um, And if this is observed in early childhood, it tends to be stable throughout one's lifetime. So there's a thought process for you. Go and ask somebody what you were like as a child. Um, And then other influences are, and the phrase is called membership stability. So as pack animals, if you like, as, as yeah, as pack animals, because that's what we are, there is a need to belong. There is a need to be affiliated to something. And that brings around a requirement. So we associate and affiliate into um, networks that, that we choose to network with. Now, some of you will absolutely 100% choose your network and others of you currently are in the network you're in because that's where you've been for a long time. So think about potentially what you need to do to change if you think you're being influenced in the wrong manner. Um, It's also recognised that emotional resilience can also be related to some factors that aren't under our control. Um, Age. (laughs) I got... I, I need to tell you this. So emotional resilience and age. I forgot how old I was the other day because I don't I don't register age. Uh, it sort of stopped a number of years ago. But I, I was on two Barclay card and they were taking me through their security system and I told them I was the wrong age. I'd worked it out wrong. <laughs> ah, they put me through the fraud. Anyway, that's a whole other story. Um, so some of these things aren't under our control. Um, and for, for depend on how you think and how you generate your own being, your gender may have something to do with it. Your age may have something to do with it. And exposure to trauma may have something to do with it. And, you know, health may have something to do with it. But it can also be enhanced if, you know, the earlier we develop it, the better off we will be. So, you know, you're listening to this, you're acquiring knowledge. We can all become emotionally resilient. We can all know and learn about emotional contagion. We can all develop mental strength with, without a doubt. I truly believe that. So let's have a look at so some of the traits of emotional resilience. <clears throat> so you may hear people mention EI and EQ, so emotional intelligence and emotional quotient, emotional awareness. There's various names it's called. You can take online questionnaires to work out who you are and what you are and all of that. But one of the things that um, people that have this trait actually, and it comes back to where I started, if you if you are emotionally resilient, one of the traits you will very probably have is perseverance. So whether you're working towards outward goals, so external goals, or inner coping strategies, you'll be action-oriented. You'll trust in the process and you won't give up. You will persevere to get to where you want to go, which is the complete opposite of where I started this episode with, with the, with the, the story I shared. You will realise that things aren't always easy 
and that there will be some obstacles that get in the way and frustrations that you've got to work through and, and need your commitment to deal with them. So perseverance is key, key. And I've been doing a lot of reading on this re- recently. Perseverance is one of the key traits of anybody that anybody has ever recognized as being successful. And again, what success, but it's perseverance that gets people there and a sense of humor. You are able to laugh at life. You're able to laugh with life. And when you can utilize humor, and I don't mean sarcastic humor, this is like laughing with life, smiling, be amused by things. It actually can give you a sense of distance from the problem. It breaks a problematic state. If you're feeling overwhelmed, watch something or, you know, you're in, you've got yourself into a fog. Watch something that will make you laugh. It will change your state. Read something that makes you laugh. It will change your state. And humour, and again, in in the world that we currently live in, humour can also connect you to other people, especially when you are feeling remote from others, so potentially, you know, isolated or distanced. And perspective. Resilient people are able to learn from their mistakes. They don't deny them. They don't blame others for them. They, They will see the obstacle as a challenge and they allow adversity to make them stronger. Now, when I talk about perspective, it is being able to see something from a different angle, which then can lighten the load. It can give you different ideas. It gives you a different viewpoint on the thing. So you see it from your perspective. You can see it from an objective perspective where the, you know, like a a second person, and you can also then see it completely objectively from a completely different position of almost seeing it as a fly on the wall with no emotional attachment to anything. And that is about perspective. And perspective, you may not be able to control the situation, but you absolutely 100% have a choice about how you view it and then how you react to it. So think about emotional resilience is a response rather than a reaction. You, as an emotionally strong, mentally strong, emotionally resilient person, will also have healthy habits. Um, You've got healthy thoughts, healthy behaviors, because it sets you up for having a healthy life. You don't waste your time feeling sorry for yourself. You use your own power and harness that of others for good. You welcome change and you're flexible and adaptable. You use your energy on what you can control and influence. You stay out of that no control zone. You will actually as well be able to say no and also speak up. You'll probably take calculate. Well, there's no probably about it. You'll take calculated risks because an emotionally resilient individual will also know how to assess the risks and the benefits. You'll be planning for the future. And you'll acknowledge the past, you don't live in it, and you will have learned from it. So you'll live in the now and plan for the future, acknowledging the past, learning from it, and not living in it. 
you can appreciate and celebrate other people's success. And I think this is a beautiful thing to be able to do. You keep going because you've got that perseverance trait. You're happy in your own company. That doesn't mean isolation, but you're happy in your own company. And you will look for opportunities. You'll take them and you'll make them happy. You'll see the opportunities. And, and this is key, going right back to where we started, you won't expect immediate results. Because if you expect everything to happen tomorrow, or even yesterday, which I see so many people doing currently, it's just not living in the real world. It's not living in truth. So you won't expect immediate results. You'll be able to put the perseverance and the time and the energy and the effort in to get to where you want to go. And I think that ends this session. Again, if you want to reach out to me and if you've got any questions, please do. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Conscious Leadership Podcast. And if you have found it useful, please leave a review. And if you have found it useful, please share it with others that will find it useful as well. If you want to know more about my publishing, please follow me through to the Amazon author page. And if you would like to follow me on any of my other social media channels, please do, which also includes a YouTube channel.